Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can catch us on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can download the podcast. You can check us out on your smart speakers. Guys, the Niners, Key J, are up 23-10 with over a little with under 10 minutes in the game. They're up 23-10. And then Jimmy G throws an interception. And then the Niners fail to pick up a first down by inches. And then they're going to go for it, but Trent Williams <laughs> with a false start. And then and then and then, right? With 14 seconds left and no timeouts, Dak Prescott down six and marching down the field, hitting these you know, hitting these sideline passes and suddenly passes for you know side two three seconds of play, picking up 10 plus yards, first downs, and then Shanahan brings out his sideline defense with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. Dak Prescott ran a quarterback draw for 17 yards to the Niners' 24-yard line. But the Cowboys couldn't spike the ball in time to run another play. The umpire must touch the ball, right? And it seemed like Dak and the center were trying to set up without the ump, like they were unaware that the ump had to touch the ball. Then once the umpire touched it, time ran out before Dak could spike the ball. So the Cowboys lose to the 49ers, and they had a chance to win, and it was a crazy play at the end. And the question is, what does it mean for Mike McCarthy's future? Before we even get to that, Key, yes, that been, would be me. You have been defending <laughs> the play call and everything and, and Mike McCarthy all morning. Where are you with it now? Has your mind changed at all? Where are you on that play? No, why would I change my mind? The play was fine. There's nothing wrong with the play. How about it's, the fake, it's setting, how about it's the setting up it's setting up to make sure that you get the football Back to the ump. You don't throw it. You walk it over there. You hand it to him. And that is the way that you handle the business. Uh, or if you're going to give it to the center, the center hands it to him. The umpire is behind the line of scrimmage to begin with. He's, he is probably, I don't know, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage because he has to look for certain things from the offensive line. You're supposed to know that as a quarterback. With 14 seconds left on the clock, a draw play was ran. That means that when in those situations, when your entire offense knows a draw is coming, you're most likely going toward the end zone. They're going to be running that way. All they have to do is get in a legal formation and lined up. You spike the ball. But when you start fumbling around with the ball and bumping into people and doing it's going to mess up your timing. Max, I am, uh, I'm laughing. And – it, it's, um, it's just not the last play. Can we talk about after the execution on the fake punt? Can, can we talk about that for a second, Max? Let's do like, it. Where they actually they opted to line back up in their offensive formation with the punt team still in the field, hoping that San Fran will actually burn a timeout. Like, it just made no sense to me because Shanahan didn't panic at all. Like, he was like, all right, please run, your, please run another offensive play with your punt team out there. Please go ahead. I mean, I mean so, but, you know, teams will do that. Like, you know, just see if it works, right? Take a shot. See if they'll mess it up. Like, by the way, San Francisco knew 
one thing they couldn't do was a false start. And Trent Williams, maybe the best left tackle in the game, false start, right? Like, you object to them trying it, Jay? I just I, – I felt like throughout the matchup, I trusted Kyle Shanahan mm. way more than I trusted Mike McCarthy. Hey, Key, what about that? 14 penalties for over 80 yards. Like, at some point, doesn't Mike McCarthy – get some responsibility for the team's lack of discipline and execution? Well, you, you, you want to check them up at halftime and let them know that the penalties are killing you. Uh, but ultimately, there's two things you can do. You could remove those individuals for getting those penalties, or you could just let it play itself out and see what happens. Because there's really nothing you can do as a coach once they take the field. You can blame it as a personality on sports talk radio. You can blame the coach and say, oh, they're not disciplined. They're out of control. You can do all of that. But it's not like Mike McCarthy is sitting out there telling them, go get penalties. But, Key, is it, isn't it about <laughs> – I just feel like we – we make a lot of excuses for Mike McCarthy. We make a lot of excuses. Who's for we, Jay? Team. Jay, who's we? Well, I feel like that's what we're, that's what we're doing here. I, I'm not we're making talking about a loaded There's no excuses. We are matched, but it's but it's like how can I don't understand how we can realistically as ex athletes, and I understand that the athlete's job is to, you know, actually execute on the field, but that is that does translate from the coach and the coaching style. Especially when there have been a series of this is it's not like it's just been one incident. There's been a multitude of incidences right. that people can sit there and point back to and say, "Look at look at this look at this body of work." So, so guys, well, I see it's very difficult for me to point to something that I haven't seen a, a history of. It's not a history of it. It's not a long this whole history year of, key at the end of the games. It's been clock it's, management it's not, issues. It's not a long history. When he since he's been with the Dallas Cowboys, a fourteen penalties. But wait, wait, but, it's just not a long but, history. But they, of it. they are penalized a lot, and there have been a lot of clock issues. And you've made the point it hasn't cost them a game, right? And then, and then the counter to that, by the way, and Key, I kind of agreed with you for a lot of the season. Like, yeah, listen, in the end, it didn't cost them, right? It's like an outfielder that 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 looks stupid making a play. He falls down, whatever. But in the end, it falls in. But in the end, the guy doesn't score. It's like no harm, no foul. But people might say, yeah, but if that happens under pressure, it could lead. Well, that's all hypothetical. Let me know when it happens. It just happened. Did right? Mike the, McCarthy run that draw and not hand the ball to the referee? But he, he okayed a play that left the ball in the middle of the field with not, at the end of the game so, in a danger Max, zone. So what play was he supposed to run? I really, I really want you, you guys, tell me what play he was supposed to run. Well, I mean, look, if you, even if you're going to run that play – Without like doing a play call right now, if you're going to run that play, quarterback has to know you got to get down before he did. This is look. This is Jerry Jones at the post game press. I want you to listen to Jerry Jones talking about Mike McCarthy's future, and then listen to Mike McCarthy talking about his future. Here's Jerry Jones. Is there any possibility of you making a coaching change? I don't even want to discuss anything like that at this particular time. No discussion about coming, anything. Coming out, coming out down 13 nothing. did this team look unprepared tonight? Again, I'm not going to discuss uh, coaching, the preparation, any of those things. That's not, uh, that's not on the table. Uh, the game speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, that's not him saying I'm getting rid of McCarthy. It's also not him saying this dude's coming back. Key? Well, it's at, it's, first of all, I man, it's at the end of a game. Okay, you catching Jerry Jones in a locker room at the end of a game in an emotional state. He doesn't. I know what he's saying. Clarence Hill, who just was on with us 
from the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Star-Telegram who covers the team, he knows what he's saying. Mike McCarthy ain't going nowhere. So the the, the rally the troops to try to get Mike McCarthy pushed out, that's not going to happen. I'm not doing that, Jay. I want Mike no, McCarthy not to you. be the, the, the coach forever. Not, not you, but whoever out there wants to lead the band – you wasting your time because Jerry Jones is not firing this dude this year. Key media guys like Jay Will, am I right? Oh, media guys like you. Jay Will. <laughs> I mean, it might have worked. It might have worked for Jay Will forcing Matt Nagy to be fired, but Jay, getting yeah, another coach. situation. Y'all ain't gonna play me and build this narrative. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm the one trying to get Mike McCarthy fired. I'm not. I, I've been the one staying strong about the patience that Jerry Jones has shown with his coachings, uh, his coaching staff. I mean, look how long Jason Garrett was on the sidelines for, for a long-ass time. So I, I just think this it does create a lot of tension and a lot of stress in this offseason around decisions that Mike McCarthy will make next year. And as Clarence Hill did say when he called in, this man was brought here to win Super Bowls, not to do what Jason Garrett did during his prior stint. Wanna hear, so this upcoming year will be a monumental year for Mike McCarthy. Jay, you want to hear what Mike McCarthy has to say about it all? Yes. This is Mike McCarthy on at the, after the game on his job security. Do you have any concerns about your future with this organization? I don't have any concerns. I'm proud to be standing here today. Proud of my football team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Proud what else is, what is he supposed bounced. to say? Yeah, yeah, they got I, bounced I, in the first round. They had a home <laughs> playoff game. Got bounced in the first round. Like there were two quarterbacks to me who were not allowed to get bounced in the first round. Second most was Dak. I think Stafford. If Stafford gets bounced in the first round, that is a disaster. But Dak, to me, had more pressure not to have that happen than anyone. And not only did he have it happen, key, it happened because of him at the end. Like, that's such a bad look. He just got the bag. Yeah, it, it, it's two, two plays that probably – I mean, two, two things that happened on that play that he would certainly want to have back uh, if he – you know, instead of going the full whatever seventeen, maybe he goes fifteen, uh, and they get lined up. But it didn't happen that way. And if he would have given the ball to the referee and wouldn't have stumbled and fumbled and bumbled, then maybe that awareness keeps him in the game. One more last shot play. But y'all never answered me. What play is he supposed to run though? Because I really want to know. I really want to know what play. Same play. I really want to know from. Max Kellerman, mm-hmm. the quarterback of the team, yeah. and his <laughs> yeah. star running back, his star running back. But here's my honest answer, Keith. I really want to know. Here's my and honest Jay answer. Will. Here's my honest answer. If it, because once Shanahan was like, "Oh yeah, we have to stop giving up those passes to two seconds," and they're picking up twelve yards. Once he does that, um, I was actually okay with it. But you got to get down. Like you have to be aware of the situation. I'm actually not killing them on the play call. It's that the team was not in a position where they were disciplined and prepared to execute it. And key, it doesn't take much, you know, like that's simple awareness, get down with to give yourself enough time. They left such a slim margin that even if he would have known to do just the right thing, the clock still may have bled out. Well, that's the thing, Max. So call it the perfect storm key. Like, Maybe it wasn't the play calling. It was just the way everything culminated together, right? It came down to a risky play that in your team's ability, you guys won a Super Bowl. You guys have people who were very, very smart who can execute because that was more of what you practice on a day-to-day basis, and you made sure everybody remembered that. I think translating that 
thought process over to a team that we know has not been able to execute, that has led the league in penalties. Even though it might have been the right play call for the right team, it doesn't seem like that was the right play call for that team who can't execute when you need them to execute the most. That's what it feels like. So tell me again, what play should they run? I'd rather taking chances with Dak letting it rip. Personally. You're not gonna. You, your only thing you're gonna let it rip on is two things, Jay: a hail mary, which you could you could have time for two of those. Yeah, I mean, like, what are the odds of two of those versus a seam shot? I take my chances know on what? the seam shot. Know what though, Key? Now that you, you bring it up, take, I remember. I remember Aaron Rodgers against the Cardinals. I don't know, going back six years. I told this story before on the air. Ryan Hollins, our colleague, um, center in the NBA for ten, eleven years was over at the place. We're watching the game together. And, and I'm like, I remember saying, okay, Aaron Rodgers, supposed to be the baddest man on the planet and all that, and I believed he was. What do you got right now? And he rolls out, and he, and like he uses his legs to buy time and throws a absolute dime all the way down the field, and they called it back. Okay, Rodgers, do it again. Let me see, like, the rib, you're, you're the best I ever Do it again. And he did it again. Dak Prescott is paid like he's one of those dudes. So if, you if you're in the you, end of the game, do it. Stop do it. With a prayer in the sky, Max. Come on, man, stop. But 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 stop, Max, that stop. is an option. No, no, I'm not gonna let you do that though. But there's 14 seconds left. On, that's an option. I'm not gonna let you sit on here and say that they was Aaron Rodgers did it against the Cardinals, so therefore Dak Prescott no, no, should no. be able to do it. No, no, I'm saying that's what you just said. I'm saying what bucket do you have Dak in? I'm actually not just talking about the play call because I agree with you, Key. I haven't disagreed. You, I, I don't mind picking up those extra yards for a higher percentage play. You just have to be – that has to be practiced. That has to be executed properly, right? I don't think it takes that much awareness to do it. They didn't have it. Maybe the moment was too big for Dak. I'm actually shifting off of McCarthy and looking at Dak. Like, not only is he not going to – are you not going to say, okay, try what Aaron Rodgers can do, but even – being a little more, because I agree with you, Key, I think it's actually a little more conservative to try to get a higher percentage shot at the end zone. But you got to execute. So the moment was too big for him. Come on, man. So that's on Dak then. I, I, I really do think not only was it Mike McCarthy's clock management at the end of the game that you can bring into question, you can also bring Dak into focus here. Wait for it, Key. Both things can be true at the same time. I didn't see him do anything, Mike McCarthy, at the end of the game where we were worried about clock management. But if you want to put it on him, on clock management, go right ahead. That's not what I saw. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The Cowboys were not the only controversy on Super Wild Card Weekend. And after 31 years, the drought is over. (laughs) And guess what? The Joe Burrow era is just beginning. Joe Burrow just has this confidence, almost cockiness about him. I like Joe a lot. If he's healthy, they got a chance to win every game. Referee Jerome Boger and the crew that worked the AFC wildcard game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals... Well, them dudes are not expected to officiate again this postseason after their, call it a problematic performance Saturday, highlighted by a controversial whistle. The NFL grades officials after each game, and Boger and his crew are not expected to receive high marks for Saturday when they ruled that a whistle occurred after Cincinnati's Tyler Boyd 
caught a touchdown from Joe Burrow, although replays appeared to show otherwise. Here's our very own Mike Tannenbaum on what should have happened on that play according to the rule. We all heard the whistle, and to what degree did the Raider defender stop? We'll never really know, but if if millions and millions and millions of people can see or hear in this case that the whistle had blown, just replay the play. It's not that hard. And because of the way technology is, to me what's disappointing is we're not getting the best result possible as a sport. You know, Key, why isn't that play reviewable, Key? It, it should be reviewable. It's On top play. of that, whenever you have a dead play like that and a whistle is blown, you are supposed to go back and replay that down. Their excuse is that the ball was already in the receiver's hand in the touchdown when the whistle was blown. The whistle was blown as the ball was traveling in mid-flight. So they screwed it up. That's why they're being removed from the playoffs. Why else would you remove them if it was the right call? Yeah, why isn't it yeah. reviewable, though? Because it's a touchdown. It's a scoring yeah, that's play. That's why I don't understand. Well, because it, it because okay, I see what you're saying, Max. Why it's not reviewable, but it's not a scoring play that was, I guess you would say, indecisive, crossing the goal line. That's really when they review those type of plays. It is interesting. So the rule is when an official sounds his whistle erroneously while the ball is still in play, the ball becomes dead immediately, right? Hmm. But. But and you can't review because of the whistle. But if all touchdowns are reviewable, is it not reviewable because there's no controversy about the touchdown? But couldn't you just use the rule that all touchdowns are are reviewable to you can exploit that to get the call right in this case, right? Even if the impetus yeah, wasn't can, the whistle. But I don't think because it's not because it was a whistle. It wasn't a fumble out the back of the end zone, a touch, a bobble ball. It wasn't anything like that. It was a whistle. I feel like we're trying to make like sense of were, the fine print in page 8,000 of the play rule. Yeah. Like if they had reviewed, if they had said that like Joe Burrow stepped out of bounds, right? Yes. That would have been yes. reviewable. Yes. But on yes. review, they showed Joe Burrow was in bounds. That part of the play is words, reviewable, but the whistle part of it, like once the whistle is blown, they cannot review that part of the play. In other words, if, you, if the rev- play was reviewed, for some other reason, and it turns out there was evidence of, like, uh, you know, I don't know, the invisible man coming and taking the ball out of the end. So like something else crazy. It doesn't matter. The only thing you can review is the thing you're looking to review. Right, and the <clears throat> yeah. play is already dead. Like, that's the problem. The play yeah. was dead before the touchdown because of the whistle, but then they tried after the fact to say, no, the whistle came after. I have another question about yeah, well, all it this. Actually, it actually came doing flight right before it touched yes. his hand. Yeah. Do, you, do you think the guy on the Raiders gave up key, the, the closest it defender, looked, it 25? Looked like, like it looked did. like he realized he was beat, and he just kind of slowed down. I don't think I don't know that he heard the ah, whistle. That's interesting. Because well, he wasn't but, close to Boyd to begin with. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and this is what I've seen, because I've definitely been part of major arenas, Final Fours, games, where there's 35, 40, 50,000 people, where sometimes you hear inadvertent whistles from stands, right? So – one of the things that we were always taught is you always play through the whistle. You always finish the possession, right? Like, I'm not saying the play should have been redone, 
But isn't there some kind of stance in, in that measure of thinking to a degree? Don't you play into the possession is done? Yeah, they should. I mean, I, I know what key means about like the nearest defender. It looked like stopped at the whistle, but maybe he stopped because he wasn't really going to be a part of that play anyway. He really, he really, he really, I mean, he was there, but he had already uncovered. Yeah. And it looked like, it looked like he stopped because once the ball was in the air and it was a touchdown, he just kind of like threw his hands up and just like, damn. One of these days, like, I wonder if, because NFL rules are so Byzantine. There's so many of them. They're so complicated, right? And, and to me, in a way, it takes away from things because in that moment of truth, I'm, I don't wait, am I allowed to be happy yet? Oh, wait, is this going to get mm-hmm. taken away from me? But on the other hand, it kind of adds to the game in another way. Like this, what we're doing right now, I get like as much as NFL fans complain, come on, we kind of love talking about it and debating it the next day and breaking it down. That, that becomes part of the experience. I wonder if people think it actually takes away from the game or if they, if they like this, you know? I don't know. Look. The one stat from, you know, I, I don't, I'm serious. Like, you want, you want uh, like, laser-enforced strike zones in baseball, or you like the ump sometimes getting it wrong or arguing with the ump. The one stat from Patrick Mahomes' performance that you have to hear is next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It's like anything else. You, do you want to be running the Hail Mary play from the 50-yard line or you want to be running five verticals from the 25-yard line? So that's the decision. It's the right decision. You know, it's just like anything. It's the execution between us and the officiators putting the ball. We shouldn't have had any problem getting the ball spotted there. That's the play you're looking for. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Darryl Moose Johnson, three-time Super Bowl champion, is with us now. Thanks, Moose, for jumping on with us. You got it. Sorry to be a little bit late. Right. Come on, Moose. You you're going to pay that fine for being late now. <laughs> no one knew you were loose. You told That's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. Moose, no one knew you were late. You told on yourself. What did you make of the final uh, play of the Cowboys lost to the Niners? We've been talking about it all morning. Our, our, our cutoff was 16 seconds. So at, at, at 14, um, you know, you, you've got to be perfect. You've got to be perfect. And I think sometimes – you know, you forget about some of the mechanics that are involved in that. So for the umpire to get in there, get that ball placed down, 
you know, would we bump off 16 in today's game because the umpire is coming from behind the offense instead of from the middle of the defense to get that ball set uh, in today's game. So back when we played, uh, you know, I, could you pull off 14? Maybe, maybe, but boy, it, it would, that would have been a tough decision. Um, I, I just, I, I think Dak's got to get down sooner. Um, you've got to give yourself a little bit more time. And, and, and you heard Coach McCarthy talk about, do you want the Hail Mary from the 50 or do you want the five verticals from the 25? Well, let's take the five verticals from, from the 30. So I think there was just, uh, you know, it wasn't executed, you know, the way it should have been. Uh, it, was, it was right on that margin to even start with. So you've got to be perfect. Um, and, and that was one of the things that Dallas was not at, at any time during the course of the game yesterday was perfect. So I, I just think, you know, I like the thought process of what he's saying, but uh, they just didn't execute it. And, and, and you put yourself in a position where you had to do that perfectly. Yeah, and, and, and so I put a lot of it on Dak Prescott, much like you said. Five verticals from the 25, five verticals from the 30. That's pretty much the same. You can rip it on a laser, right, versus mm-hmm. at the 50, the 45. Well, now all of a sudden you're asking a guy to throw the ball 70 yards in the air and hope and pray that somebody comes up with it. If he gets down a little bit sooner, we're not having this conversation. Or if they get back and lined up the way that they were supposed to and spike the ball instead of fumbling it around with the referee, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I don't like to put a lot of that onus on the coaching staff because I think the coaches are teaching the players and the players are the ones that have to execute it because I certainly know uh, when Moose, when you were with Jimmy Johnson or Barry Switzer or any other coach that you played for, you went over situational things and from there it's all about the players. Exactly. And if we're going to compliment the players when, when they do things the right way and they're successful and we always say, it's always up about the players. It's the execution. You know, the better players, your best players playing their best football in the biggest games, then, then we also have to hold them accountable when that's not the situation. And, and I agree with you. You know, that's, that's an opportunity for Dak to grow and learn from. Um, you know, we did. We practiced everything situationally. And that's why that, that number is still stuck in my head. It's, it was 16 seconds when we played. And whether it was, you know, getting the field goal team out onto the field to try a field goal attempt with, with no time left on the, you know, no timeouts and, and the clock running, whether it was that situation where you're trying to get up to the ball, spike it and have one more shot at the end of the game. Uh, you know, our number was 16 and that was repped. And that was, that was practiced, you know, with the guys running on, you know, all the different scenarios, you know, somebody, you know, straggling late. So we, we did go through all those different scenarios. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's been practiced, it's been executed uh, and they didn't do it uh, in the biggest moment. So that's a lesson to be learned from, and then you move on from it. Daryl Moose Johnson joining us, three-time Super Bowl champion here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Daryl, I, I agree with you. There's accountability on both sides from the player perspective and from the coaching perspective. But how does this loss make you think it's going to affect Coach McCarthy in the future, his legacy, how you look at him next year? Yeah, gosh, everybody jump into making a coaching change. You know, I, I, I think that that's, that's a bit – odd uh, in my opinion um, I mean from what they did last year to where they were this season um, you know he made a he made a big change in defensive coordinator uh, when the defense was a big problem for Dallas in 2020 and he brought Dan Quinn in um, he's done a fantastic job on that side of the ball um, I just I don't see the the conversation about making a head coaching change it really doesn't make any sense to me I mean it was it was at times it was the the best offense in the NFL you know, statistically, they still led the NFL in several categories. But, but early in the season, you know, that, that offense was phenomenal. Now, now, the fact that they couldn't get back to that, 
um, is something that, that, that I would be more concerned with. You know, how did we play as well as we did through the first five weeks? That gets a cap strain, and, and we can't get back to that level. What, what happened? What, what, was the, what went wrong at, at that time that we just never could get back to the level of offense that we demonstrated on a weekly basis for the first five weeks of the season. <clears throat> so that, that would be the big question that I would have, you know, let, let's, let's take some time, go back and figure out exactly what happened. But to make a wholesale change in head coach is, is, is ridiculous in my opinion, because you know, <clears throat> obviously this team is moving in the right direction and a change of that magnitude just sends you back towards square one to begin with. So I, I think the Cowboys are trending the right way. My, my biggest concern is, is do we have Dan Quinn next year? Um, you know, is, is he going to fill one of these these vacant spots, uh, and, and we're going to lose him after everything that he's done defensively? And then who is the guy that's going to replace him? Uh, you know, that 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 would be some of the concerns I have going into the offseason right now for Dallas. Moose, how do you move things forward if you're the Cowboys? How do you get past this disappointing loss to the San Francisco 49ers and start to focus in and not let it be a hangover? I think you've got to get committed to getting that offensive line back to the level that, that I think Cowboy fans remember it. Um, you know, it, it's getting late in Tyron Smith's career. Um, he's had a tremendous career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, but, you know, t- to watch him struggle a little bit yesterday, um, you know, it's, it's just it, it's time to start thinking about who's going to be our, our, our bookend tackle for the future. Um, they've got to get left guard center figured out. Uh, that, that, that's been something that's been trying for them. Um, this is this is a, an offensive line that we remember the names, but we're we're four or five years from the time that they were a dominant dominant offensive line. Um, so that, that's one of the things I think that the Dallas needs to, to really take a look at to, to get back to where they were. Um, because if you can get that complementary game with with a run game functioning, uh, with what that that passing game and that group of receivers can do, uh, you know it, it, it's going to be really really tough to defend. But when they needed that that run game during the course of the season, it, it was hard for them to really lean on it heavy. Uh, and I know that Ezekiel, uh, you know, was, was injured, you know, down the stretch and really kind of fought through that and give him a ton of credit for that. Uh, Tony Pollard ended up being a little bit, you know, nicked and missed a few games down the stretch. But, but really to me, that, that run game is, is all about the offensive line. And, and, and we saw it yesterday, you know, San Francisco was able to get pressure on the quarterback, just rushing for, uh, they were very, very good with their blitzes, uh, very timely, very effective with that. But, but really, what San Francisco was able to do is pressure you with four, drop seven in the coverage, and, and play a soft kind of that bubble on the top and, and, and make you go the long, hard road to get your points. So uh, w- when your offensive line is struggling to, to really be an effective run-blocking team and then you're giving up sacks in a four-man rush situation, uh, I, I think the biggest concern for Dallas moving forward, one of the things they really need to take a look at, is getting that offensive line back to the level that we always remember today. That's Daryl Moose Johnston, ladies and gentlemen, three-time Super Bowl champion. Appreciate you jumping on with us, Moose. Thanks, All right, Moose. Absolutely, guys. All right, Keith, take care. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. And after 31 years, yeah. the drought is over. <laughs> and guess what? The Joe Burrow era is just beginning. Joe Burrow just has this confidence, almost cockiness about him. I like Joe a lot. If he's healthy, they got a chance to win every game. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers. Download the podcast. The app. We're everywhere. So the NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in today as the Grizzlies host the Bulls, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. All right, what was your big takeaway from this NFL Super Wild Card Weekend? 888-SAY-ESPN. Brandon in Ohio. Go. Big takeaway. I'm just trying to figure out why the referees can't let the players make the uh, decisions on the field versus blowing. Blowing whistles when uh, Burrow wasn't out of bounds and then giving the Raiders timeouts in the middle of the, middle of the play. Yeah, that's why the refer- that referee crew is no longer working mm-hmm. this postseason. <laughs> Too many mess-ups. Yeah. Yeah, I got really nothing. nothing Mel in Queens. You're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. What's, what, what's your big thing from this weekend? What's going on, guys? Uh, my big takeaway was how bad the uh, Patriots got blown out. I mean, we always talk about Bill Belichick and his schemes on defense and things like that. I mean, forget about the offense. Man. That defense got annihilated. Word. Key, you could say, and you've made the point, like if you get up on a team with a rookie quarterback who's not super dynamic and all that kind of stuff, it puts pressure. But key, a Bill Belichick defense they tore them to shreds. It wasn't. It was like they weren't even there. Like what happened? I don't know. You got to ask Steve Belichick that. Yeah. You know him and Gerard Mayo put a plan together that they couldn't execute, and Buffalo took advantage of it. But Max, it, it does. It was only several weeks ago where people were speculating about the Bills winning the Super Bowl. I just it's such a drastic Bills or Pats. Off. I mean, I'm sorry, the Pats. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. You know, can Mac Jones be the first rookie quarterback to ever take his team, you know, to the Super Bowl? And just look how far we've came the other way now. You know, the the thing is, going into the weekend, I thought I, I picked the Niners on our show. By the time I got to the afternoon, I'm like, you know what? I'm going with the Cowboys. Partly to, to jinx the Cowboys, yes, as an emotional hedge. But partly also, I also took Dak and Daily Fantasy just as an emotional hedge. But But partly also because the Rams – the Cowboys and the Bills, to me, Key talks about buckets. To me, we're in the same bucket this year. They were talented teams. Rams, Cowboys, and Bills. Talented teams with talented quarterbacks who need to get out over the hump to one degree or another, right? And, and I think they're actually intrinsically good teams. Like, the Cowboys were, were a good team. That's why they lost. And they lost bad, as it turns out. And... And the Bills, I just always thought, were better than they were showing at times this season. And, and they showed it against the Pats. But, my 
God, was that a beatdown. Tony in New York, you're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, I'm a Dak fan, but very disappointed. You guys are, everybody's talking about the play at the end, but you look right before the two-minute warning. They had made a great completion to Schultz. They're at about midfield. Three timeouts left, two minutes. What's the rush? Why not just wait till a two-minute warning, get your thoughts together, and make a good play call? It's third and 11. He's in a rush to make a – he's in a rush to, to run a play before the two-minute warning. Two minutes left at the 50-yard line? That's a whole game. That's plenty of time. Mm. That's – you know, he, he just is not – he's not performing when, when the moments mean the most. Mm. Do you have a comment on that? Well, I – no, I was just – gathering my thoughts he's right though there's no rush when you got a timeouts and you got the two-minute warning so you kind of just take your time methodically move down the field so you can put points on the board but for whatever reason you get put into a panic situation and maybe the pressure was on Dak Prescott maybe he was feeling it internally and not letting you see it externally but he was certainly feeling some pressure you could tell Max, I got a question for Key, and I can't believe I've waited four hours to ask this question. I should have asked it at the top of the show. Uh, Key, going into next year, you know, we always like looking forward to next year for a team in the Dallas Cowboys. I know that you had Dak in your top bucket as related to quarterbacks this year. But watching the way he's played down the stretch and in this game, where would you have him bucket-wise next year? I know you say he got paid to be a top quarterback, but playing-wise, would you have him in the top bucket next year? He's still one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. He had a bad game, man. I'm not about to all of a sudden abandon ship because he hasn't played up to par in a few games down the stretch. I've watched many of these same quarterbacks that we talk about that are high-caliber guys that's been doing it for a long period of time. I could go back and dissect their careers in their fifth and fourth and sixth year, and I'm sure I could find some things that I wouldn't be happy about. And I'm do, I would do the same thing about Dak Prescott. But he needs to continue to perform at a high level to stay there. These are very high leverage games in a in a sport that doesn't have a ton of games in a guy's career compared to like baseball or basketball. Well, Jay, I think to, to answer your question, I think Dak's stock is hurt by it. I still yes, think he's a top ten quarterback. For but sure for example, Josh Allen with his performance the other day moves Thank up a you. little. Dak with his performance moves down a little. I and think, Max, look, look what the top tier. Look what Pat, look what Patrick Mahomes yeah, did. Look yeah, what Tom on. Brady did. I mean, we're still waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers. Is no going excuses. These like, these dudes yeah. ain't getting bumped out round one no. in a bad performance. It just doesn't happen. And, and by the way, a guy like Derek Carr, who's your guy, Key, you were very high on him. I I think he had a very impressive season. I, he goes up in my estimation after this. I wouldn't put him in the top ten, but to me, he's really toward the top top two or three of that next level with a bullet up. You know, and Dak. To me, he played, I, he played. Carr played okay this year. Yeah. He didn't play great against Cincinnati by no right. stretch of imagination, and so he gets a chance to come back next year and run it back and see where he's where things but, lie for. But him. we got, you know, Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady and and Lamar, who hadn't been on a team that really gave him a chance, but he's already gotten an MVP and he he really played very well when he was healthy early in the season, and. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. He did everything he could, you know, whatever. I thought he was great. Joe Burrow's going to be great. He's already moving on. Josh Allen was great. Kyler Murray has a chance now. Of course, no DeAndre Hopkins, but he's a a superstar-level talent, right? 
I'm just saying, like, some guys, the, 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 the stock is helped, and some guys it's hurt. And I think there yeah, he are needs levels to, he to need, it. it, it Dak Prescott needs to play better yep. to stay where he's at. It's just that's the bottom line. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to all of a sudden act as though he ain't one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I'd be a damn fool to sit up here and do that just because he didn't show up at times toward the end of the season and didn't have the best playoff game. I'm just saying, isn't that what the best quarterbacks in the National Football League do? They show up when you need them the most. Yeah, that, that, is, that is correct. But, saying. again, I can go back and look at guys' careers and games when they're in, early in their career, and I can find holes in it. I mean, it's just that's fair the reality. To be patient. It. It's fair to be patient. If Dak would have balled out and they're advancing right now, we'd be saying, is he top five? Exactly. He didn't, and we're asking, is he top ten? And I would say, yeah, he's exactly. at the bottom of the top ten to me. I just don't flip-flop like that. That's just not who I am. No, I, nobody's hating on him saying that the guy's not good. I think he's, he's a I, I didn't say hate. I said flip-flop. I guys, know, but it just, it, it's made to be seen now. I just don't know if he's in that upper tier, 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 like and not, top no, three, and that's top okay. Four, top five. That's all. And that's okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you saying that. I like him. I like him. Yeah. Um, Josiah in Kansas City, you have 20 seconds to make your point. Listen to this, guys. Yeah, hey, uh, I just – Tom Brady, why aren't we talking about that, man? 44 just destroyed the Eagles and the Bucks. just – I mean, they went ham on it. It was 31 to nothing, and you guys aren't talking about You're the right. Bucks, Guys, like, he's man, right. I, I, I'm tired of talking about Tom Brady. I've been talking about Tom Brady for about 25 years, man. Yeah, I mean, but, but Brady, just like what I said about Mahomes, Brady's the same thing. It's like you just it, – but it, the crazy thing is at 44, he's putting it on these young dudes, like putting it on them. Spanky. Yeah, he had a couple nice right. throws yesterday. For yeah, sure. To the point where we don't even talk about it because Dye's going to do that. Yeah. Oh, man. What a wild card. Super wild card weekend. Super indeed. And there's so much to be dominated by the Cowboys today. So much to get into still this whole week. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Greeny coming up right now. Perp. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.